0: This is Steve White for the Prep for Today podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, this is episode number three, and this is going to be on power outages and how ways to restore power to your house after a power outage or during a power outage. Uh, first I'd like to go ahead and tell you a little story about a power outage that we experienced a few years ago. And this is something that uh, helped direct us and what we ended up doing for our solution. And I'll share a little bit of insight on uh, what we had, what we have today, and why we chose the option that we did. So, first, back on December 19, 2008, there was an ice storm that rolled through the Midwest. And it it hit the band of that ice storm, hit us heavy here in uh, northern Indiana. And we had a lot of ice damage and a lot of trees down. And as a result, a lot of the area ended up without power. A large area up here in northeast Indiana was without power. I know there was a lot all over the, all over the region, but I'm just going to speak about our local area here that, that we experienced. But as a result, we lived in a very uh, heavily wooded area uh, within city limits. And uh, we had lost power, just like everybody else did that night. Uh, fortunately, uh, we prepared. And we had a few solutions that that helped us uh, sustain for several days before we ended up uh, going and staying with a family member. Uh Basically, we had a, uh, and the plan was already laid out originally, Uh, we really got to test it. Uh, We had a, a, the great room and the family room had a wood-burning fireplace, and it had a doorway that led over into the kitchen area. And what we did was we ended up hanging painter's tarps, the heavy canvas painter's tarps, between the room to try to retain the heat within that room. We burned the fireplace, and fortunately we had a lot of firewood, so we just kept burning that fireplace, and that helped didn't keep it super warm but at least kept it, uh, kept the chill out. Um, the temperatures that week were just incredibly cold, sub-zero. Um, I think we're hitting high in the single digits during the day, on some of the days. And, but basically we had the wood burner to keep us warm somewhat. Uh, we had hot water because we had a gas-fired hot water heater. And we also had a gas range so we we're able to uh, to cook and heat water. Uh, we were on city water, so we were able to flush the toilets, and we were on a slab, so we didn't have to worry about sump pumps or anything like that. Any type of water damage that way. Um, move forward, so that basically that was our solution. Was we kind of hunkered down and and bundled up and and went through it, and we stayed there for about four days, and then went oh, maybe seven five days, went and spent a couple nights at a family member's house until our power came back up uh, seven days, seven and a half days after it went out. Uh, move forward to our new house, new to us, uh, a couple years later, and we started looking at what our situation would be if the same thing was to happen here. And we do not have a wood burning fireplace. We have a gas fireplace with an electric ignition. Uh, we have an electric range. We have a gas hot water heater, but it direct vents with an electric blower, so we'd have no hot water. An electric ignition; it doesn't have a standing pilot like the other hot water heater did. And then we also have a sump pump to contend with, and we'd also have a well pump to contend with. Now, fortunately, we're on city sewer, so we'd be able to flush the toilets, but we just wouldn't be able to uh, refill the tanks with uh, water. So we started looking at what our options would be to go ahead and get us set up so we had some type of some type of power backup. Another big concern with this house was we don't have the option, because we don't have city water, to just leave the taps run if it's sub-zero in here. So we run the risk of burst lines as well. Burst lines the flooded basement and, and everything else. So we looked at what our options were. and uh, one, of the, one of the options we first looked at and we dismissed for our application was a battery bank. Uh, basically a battery bank would be nice because it would be nice and quiet. It can sit in the corner of the garage or it can sit down in the basement and basically sit tied to grid power stay charged, and then it's there when we need it. Um, the problem there is, shy of running either wind, solar, or a generator to, to recharge it, once that main charge is gone, uh, we would be without power again. And considering we were out for seven days the first time, that would more than likely uh, not have lasted us very long. Uh, definitely not the duration of the seven days, based on the mechanicals that we needed. So we took that off the list. And then our, other two list, then our other two options on that list became uh, generators, backup generators, either a standby generator or a portable generator. Uh, initially, we looked at a portable generator. Uh, the, the previous owner who, who had built this house put in a circuit for uh, a plug-in for an extra exterior uh, portable generator. So we had some options there. It didn't have its own transfer panel, so we still have to, to have to work around that. But we started thinking about our options there. And one of the key factors, one of the key determinants uh, would be we would have to be here to hook up and to fuel that generator and to run that generator. So we, we gave that a lot of consideration. And then we thought about what the benefits would be And uh, the portable was one, it's gonna be less expensive than a standby. However, we're gonna be limited on the, on the number of circuits that we're gonna be able to power with that. Uh, We can get the core essentials, which would be great, the furnace, the water heater, the water pump, uh, the sump pump, and so on. But uh, we'd be somewhat limited there. Uh, We'd also have to store fuel, which isn't a big deal uh, because we store stabilized gasoline for our lawnmowers and things like that. Anyways, we keep extra gasoline for the vehicles as well. But it would be limited to what we have on hand or what we can easily uh, get to. Uh, living outside of a main city, there's not too many gas stations around here, that if we they were out as well, uh, we're traveling a decent distance to get additional fuel, as will everybody else in this region, or in this area here. So that, that was a bit of a consideration there. Um, the limited power output, the fact that we can only control so many circuits, we can only power so many circuits, that was a consideration. And then uh, just the physical security of the device hooked up outside. I wouldn't expect any problems around here, but... You know, you still want to keep it chained up and, and, and continue to fuel it through the course of the night and, and whatnot. So uh, the big determinant there is that you have to be present to use it. So if power went out during the day and we're at work or we're on vacation or whatever, and we run that risk of that basement flooding. So that's, that was a big, big consideration. Uh, the other option is going to be that standby whole house uh, generator. And those could be powered by natural gas or propane. We're a natural gas service here, so that's that's not a problem there. And basically, the advantages to the to the standby generator is that it auto switches, it auto starts. So once it finds, once it once it monitor it monitors the line power, the grid power coming into the house, and once that's gone or once that's off, in about ten seconds it fires up. And it powers whatever we have moved over to that transfer panel. So that's a great plus. We don't have to worry about fueling it because it's running off of a gas line feed. We don't have to worry about starting it and stopping it when the power is restored because it does that on its own. It runs a cool down cycle when it's when it's done and it shuts itself off. It powers itself up and comes on and does its thing. And then once a week it runs its own test, So we know that we know that it's it's ready. Uh, basically, it fires up for 10 minutes. Once a week, uh, runs, gets itself good and warm, and then it powers itself back off. So, besides a little bit of little bit of maintenance that we have on it, which is going to be oil changes, plugs, air filters, and oil filters, and uh, a battery every couple years because it has a battery that it starts with, similar to a riding lawnmower battery or a motorcycle battery. It's more like a motorcycle battery, uh, all within the steel casing. And uh, that's it. It just sits there. It's there when we need it. Uh, we've used it a few times over the last couple of years that we've had it. Uh, it couldn't have been two months since we put it in. Uh, Thanksgiving evening, the power went out in our area. So here it goes. It fires up. We go about our business. Uh, fortunately, we've got a 17 kilowatt. And basically, we have all the main mechanical circuits tied in. We've got the garage doors and the garage uh, lights. Um, a number of the lights throughout the house, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the, the living room, the TV, parts of the basement so we can get down there for the mechanicals and, and even just hanging out in the basement. As well as we even have the air conditioner on one of the circuits that we'd have to watch how we use that if we were to use that. But if we had a situation in the summertime when when it was uh, extremely hot, we, we had the option to run the air conditioning as well. And of course the circuits for the deep freeze and the fridge and, and all that, so... Uh, we don't obviously don't have the electric range that uh, we have here on that but we do have the microwave and plugs that we can do crockpot cooking in. so it ends up being a really good option for us. It's nice nice to have peace of mind to know that when the power flips over uh, we've got that there so. But that's just a little look at a few of the power backup options. I know we've got some wintry weather starting to roll in right now, like literally today. Uh, wintry mix is scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, we still have a lot of leaves in the tree, so, trees, so if we end up getting some ice storms, um, that, might, that may wreak some havoc. So that's what encouraged me or spurred me on to go ahead and create this episode. And just wanted to throw this out there. So uh, we've got, like I said, we've got a 17 kilowatt lot, and we've been really, really happy with it. I think we could be just as happy with uh, an 8 or 10 kilowatt portable uh, that can provide some some power backup with uh, with a decent run time. I know some of those will do a 50% load for 8 to 10 hours, so that's pretty good. And then, of course, you get the smaller ones that can run single circuits, like if you only wanted to run it for your, your camper or for your uh, deep freeze or fridge. Um, some of those uh, can sip gasoline and, and really last a long time, but... But that's basically all I have. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, uh, please stop by Prep for Today and, and leave them. I'll go ahead and be adding some additional show notes for this as well, as well as uh, you can find other episodes there. So this is Steve White for the Prep for Today podcast. Thank you for your time, and have a great day. striving to do better than before and always trying just to make it last there's gotta be something better there's got to be something more got to be something better